0: Last night all I think about is you Don't stop baby, you can too. Don't want to Don't I'm think about you You know that I'll never gonna lose
1: tuned into Canadian Patriot Radio, and I'm your host, Critch. Well, it looks like the Liberals got the Emergency Act passed. Really no surprise to any of us. We knew the Liberal lapdogs, the NDP, would jump right back into Justin Trudeau's lap and get this passed. So, what are we going to do? We are actually going to cover a CBC article that is telling us all about this. Okay, breaking. Emergencies Act passed crucial House of Commons vote with NDP support. Motion affirming Emergencies Act passes House by vote of 185 to 151. Uh, This was posted three minutes ago by Darren Major from CBC News. A motion affirming the Liberal government's decision to invoke the Emergencies Act passed a crucial House of Commons vote Monday, ensuring the expansion expansive powers contained in the act remain in use by authorities thanks to parliamentary support from the New Democrats. Now let's just take a <clears throat> let's just take a minute here. <clears throat> what is the point of passing this at this point? Um <clears throat> You know they've 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 already stopped or the uh <clears throat> The border blockades, basically countrywide, excuse me, <clears throat> have been stopped. So that that's the excuse that they're using to pass this. And they're you notice their language. We'll actually listen we'll listen to uh, the press conference from the PM and all his cronies um, later in the show. But <clears throat> just the the language that they're using this this occupation and illegal blockades and. They, they they use language all the time to try and just... It's subliminal, right? Like, to try and get people to uh, come over to their side of thinking. Unfortunately for them, they're on an island now. Like, the federal lib- liberals, it, besides the, the NDP, the support that they get from the NDP, they are all alone. The provinces are starting to drop their mandates, and the federal the federal government is still still clinging on to it. And we know why. Um, <clears throat> Trudeau's... Uh, Trudeau's making money off every shot, allegedly. We can say allegedly, but I think we all know. Let's carry on here. This is a breaking news story. Or story. An earlier version of the story is below and will be updated. Okay, we shouldn't have read that. Oh well. <laughs> Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is defending his government's use of the Emergencies Act in response to the protest convoy occupation of downtown Ottawa as MPs prepare to vote on the act. <clears throat> Uh, During a press conference on Monday morning, Trudeau said the decision to trigger the act was not one he and his government took lightly. Yeah, actually you did. (laughs) You, You guys just passed it without even thinking about it. Or invoked it, anyway. It became clear that local and provincial authorities need more tools to restore order and keep people safe. No, they don't. No, they don't at all. All you guys have done with this is allow yourself to start stripping people of the use of their bank accounts. That's the only reason you guys passed this. Sorry, it, it's it's just, you know, I'm going to keep interjecting because it is so hard to cut through this level of BS and, and and keep a straight face. Like, reading CBC articles is, like, one way to for sure get yourself a brain aneurysm. <laughs> because you're literally turning red in the face. And, you know, some of us that got that vein on your forehead when you're angry, I've got one of those. One of these times reading a CBC article, I think that, that motherfucker is just going to let go. So if if I ever hear a story about me getting found dead uh, at my computer, it's because I was reading a CBC article. (laughs) Okay. Trudeau was asked if the deployment of the act is still necessary. Now that police have cleared the area in front of parliament Hill, he said his government would keep the enhanced powers provided for, um, provided for under the act in place a single day longer than necessary. Well, it's already too, it's already, it's already beyond its use. Even though things seem to be resolving very well in Ottawa, this state of emergency is not over, he said. Public Safety Minister Marco Medicino, I always say Medicino, apparently it's Medicino, uh, who was with Trudeau at his press conference, said a, a number of people affiliated with the protests remain in the city. We have to remain vigilant, and not only in Ottawa, but at our posts of entry, he said, referring to a number of blockades at, at Canada-US border crossings, including Coots, Alberta, and Windsor, Ontario, Ontario. Last week, the federal liberals invoked the Emergencies Act for the first time since its passage in 1988 to deal with an anti-vaccine mandate protest that has been occupying downtown Ottawa for weeks. Uh, It's, oh boy, it's not anti-vaccine at all. The bulk majority of these protesters are vaccinated. It's, It's like, God, CBC, like this is just a trash tabloid at this point. Oh my God. I should, have, I should have actually looked up a different... Well, actually, all the mainstream media is the same, so I guess it doesn't matter. MPs are set to vote Monday night on the use of the Emergencies Act after a lengthy debate in a rare weekend sitting in the House of Commons. If the motion fails, the inv- uh, invocation of the Act and its extraordinary powers will be struck down. If it passes, they will remain in place until mid-March at the latest. The New, new Democrats have said... They will support the government's use of the act, but have urged the Liberals to tread carefully, and are reserving the right to pull support at any time. Well, they got it passed. Like, what? what's the point of that rhetoric at all, old Jughead? On Monday afternoon, NDP leader Jughead Singh again promised uh, his party his party's reluctant support for triggering the emergencies act. He also said new, new Democrats are prepared to trigger a second vote if they decide that the measures provided for under the act are no longer necessary. So like we were saying in the last show, my friends, um, it, it really came down to a guy with terrorist ties, uh, a guy with uh, ties to Khalistani terrorists that is on a no fly list for India and the U S he was the one that decided the fate of Canada to basically, um, invoke uh, the War Measures Act or, or martial law. If you really want to know what this is, this is martial law. Like, they, the first thing they did, the minute they invoked it, was they started going after bank accounts. Like, if you ever wanted to see what who these people actually are, just look at their behavior. The first thing they attack is your bank accounts? My god. Like, just cheap. All the way, all the way around cheap. Okay... It's not a blank check. We are prepared to pull our support as soon as the act is no longer needed. Singh said that as soon as it's clear that all remaining protesters have left Ottawa and border crossings are secure, he'll pull his support. The act states that it cannot be enforced for more than 30 days. Singh said uh, New Democrats would not support its use for that long and called on the government to provide regular updates to MPs. Oh, yeah, like they will. If there's one thing about these liberals is we know they're not transparent about anything. At least two liberal MPs have expressed doubts about about the continued use of the emergencies act. Ontario, Ontario MP Nathaniel Erskine-Smith said he'll vote yes because the vote is a non- because the vote is a non-confidence vote, one that would trigger a general election if the government loses. I'm not convinced that the emergencies measures uh, should continue to exist beyond today, he said during the House of Commons debate on Monday. The disagreement I've expressed here does not amount to non-confidence, and I have no interest in an election at this time. Quebec MP Joel Lightbound echoed Erskine Smith, saying he would vote against the use of the act if it wasn't a confidence vote. Conservatives and Bloc opposed the the use of the act. The at-times tense and personal debate over the Emergencies Acts has pitted the Liberal government against the Conservatives and the Bloc Québécois. A combination of liberal MP Kevin uh, Lamaru referred to as an unholy alliance. I think it's awesome. I think it's great that the conservatives and the Bloc are together. Um, you know, I was actually talking about talking about this with my dad today, and it's funny how they the the government is absolutely convinced that they are the reason that there's unity in Canada, or they are holding Canada to get together. But what did you witness about Ottawa and all the border crossing um, protests? It was actually the opposition to this this runaway t- uh, tyrannical fascist liberal government that was bringing Canadians together. They were all coming together under one banner, and that was um, to get rid of the mandates and the liberal government, for that matter. Okay. Conservative MP Blair, uh, Pierre Polivier, who is seeking his, party, his party's leadership, accused Prime Minister Trudeau of engineering the crisis for political gain. Yes. They have attempted to amplify and take advantage of every pain, every fear, every tragedy that has struck throughout this pandemic in order to divide one person against another and replace the people's freedom with the government's power, he said on Saturday. The Conservatives argue that the protest did not rise to the level of an emergency, did not warrant the use of extraordinary powers. Exactly. Bloc Québécois leader Yves-Francois Blanchet said the government didn't need to invoke the Emergencies Act, that what it needed was to do was to provide Ottawa police with additional officers to remove the protesters. Exactly. The police did its job. It's a wonderful job, which has been done here in the last few days and by itself is a proof that the, that the law never had to be used in any way. He said outside the parliament on Monday. RCMP says it's not going after small donors. Ah, oh, bullshit. We already know they've suspended two people that donated 50 bucks. Two people. And uh, also, I'd like to highlight, um, we're a little, running a little over on the on this the pre-show here, but who cares? Um, most of you by now have seen the text messages between the officers um, that are going around. Someone, someone I don't know who it was, but whoever it was is awesome, was screenshotting the officers' conversations and released it to the public. Absolutely disgusting and abhorrent uh, behavior by these officers. I think there needs to be a review of every officer in that conversation, and I honestly think that, Uh, they should probably be stripped of their, of their, uh, their service. Realistically, if that's, if that's the way they think. And and I'm sure most of, you know, of the messages I'm referring to, there was a group chat basically between the officers that were taking part in the, uh, the removal of the protesters. And it was absolutely disgusting. Anyway, my friends, that's where we'll end that one. Um, actually let's just carry on a little bit longer. Some conservative MPs have suggested that police could freeze the bank accounts of small donors who may, be given, uh, who may have given money to the protests early on. In a statement released on Monday, the RCMP said it has provided banks only with the names of organizations and the owners of trucks who had refused to leave the protest area. At no time did we provide a list of donors to financial financial institutions, the statement said. Police have succeeded in dislodging protesters from their main encampment near Parliament Hill and have established a secure perimeter with fencing. Authorities have towed the vehicles that have occupied much of the city's downtown core for more than three weeks. In defending their defi- decision, Liberals have uh, pointed repeatedly to comments made by Interim Ottawa Police Chief Steve Bell on Friday, Bell said the Emergencies Act allowed police to set up barriers and secure an area in the city's downtown. The Senate must also vote on the act's use, but debate has not started yet in that chamber. So it still could get tossed out by the Senate. So we'll see how this plays out, my friends. Anyway, let's get this show started. We'll be right back. Welcome, friends, to Canadian Patriot Radio, where conspiracy is not theory and political corruption finds the spot. PR, we are committed to upholding Canadians' God-given rights to life, liberty, and freedom with all thy sons' commands. Welcome back, my friends. What I'd like to do next is um, kind of direct your attention towards um, Chris Barber. Um, This next article comes to us by way of the Ottawa Citizen, and the title reads, Freedom Convoy Leader says he just wants to go home after spending night in jail. My organizing days are over, Chris Barber said Friday when he was granted bail. This was written uh, on February 18th by Gary Dimmock. Freedom Convoy leader Chris Barber says his organizing days are over and he just wants to go home to his farm in Swift Current, Sask after being arrested and jailed on charges of mischief and obstruct police. Oh, man. (laughs) I've got so much to say about this. Barber, 46, spent a night in in the notorious Ottawa police cell block and was granted bail on Friday night on conditions that he leaves town within 24 hours and go home and never support the protest again. Barber, who owns a trucking company, agreed with the bail conditions that he can no longer support the protest verbally, on TV or online. Barber, who employed four other truck drivers, who employs four other truck drivers, put up a $100,000 bond to secure his bail. His conditions require him to live at home until his case winds through the criminal justice system. While he's forbidden from supporting the protest, he's allowed to cover the costs of fuel for other truck, truckers to travel back west with him. He made the offer. Uh, he made the offer after hearing that crowdfunding money didn't get into the hands of fellow truckers. Barber's trucking company does business in the prairies and in into the United States. Barber is charged with mischief, counseling to commit the offense of. Uh, of disobey court order and counseling to commit the offense of obstruct police if the case goes to trial Ottawa Crown Attorney Office is expected to seek a prison term of more than two years for tormenting the city in a criminal manner and for inciting protesters to break the law oh my all circumstantial and hearsay oh fuck I oh I would go to court in in a heartbeat on those charges wow Defense lawyer Diane Magus uh, won bail for Barber. She noted Barber could not possibly be responsible for the actions of others and in the face of TikTok videos, defense lawyers uh, questioned if the online videos were filmed before or after the court injunction. Ottawa Crown Attorney Moise uh, Kamerji said the impact of the protesters had been significant and called uh, homicide detective Chris Benson to testify about it. In the end, the judge concluded that Barber, who doesn't have a criminal record, posed no substantial threat to the public and granted the convoy leader bail. The judge said she learned nothing from the officer's testimony that she hadn't already read in the newspaper. I don't know what else I'm supposed to be learning here, Ontario Court Justice Julie Bourgois said at the hour-long bail hearing. No No publication ban was requested. Barbara must check in with Benson by phone as part of his bail conditions, and he is forbidden from communicating with the other convoy leaders. According to Barbara's bail conditions, he is only, he's allowed to, only to return to Ottawa for meeting with his lawyer or for court hearings. He was ordered to not have any contact outside of legal proceedings with the fellow organizers Tamara Litch, Daniel B- uh, Bulford, and Patrick King. Litch, another notable protester, protest organizer, was arrested on Thursday night. Her bail hearing is scheduled for Saturday morning. Bulford and King were arrested on Friday. So, honestly, when I heard uh, that Chris Barber had had signed his, uh, you know, basically they had made him sign an NDA, if you really want to know what it is, and that he had to go straight home, and he, and he, and he completely flipped. Um is there, are these the actions of a leader to you, my friends? Like, <sighs> Jeremy McKenzie wrote a, a, an unbelievable uh, response to Chris Barber's behavior, and I'm going to read it to you. For those of you that don't know who Jeremy McKenzie is, he's the raging dissident from Instagram, and he's got his own show and everything like that. And he's, uh, <clears throat> he's a veteran of the armed forces, and I, I really appreciate his input on pretty much all the topics facing Canadians right now. And he's been a strong voice for Canadians. And the way he responded to this is absolutely perfect. I'm just going to read it word for word to you guys. Chris Barber has disavowed, um, has disavowed convoy, says organizing days are over and wants to go home after spending one day in jail. I've always insisted that for anything to be done right, you need strong leadership. This movement was subverted shortly after its inception State operatives B.J. Dichter, conservative, and Dagny Palak, liberal campaign manager for mental, Marco Medicino, escaped unscathed without being arrested. After telling everyone they are saying until mandates are lifted, the leadership has fled town while the grassroots people remain being hunted down and arrested. Tamara Lich was also arrested. Where is B.J. Dichter and Dagny Palak? Where did the money go? Never settle for weak leadership. It'll get you killed. I've seen it before. However, national unity has been increased substantially. There is an unassailable pr- there is unassailable proof that a substantial portion of the country is opposed to the state's behavior. They have revealed themselves for what they are, brutal unconscionable monsters that will use violence on unarmed citizens, financially ruin people for wrongthink, and use any excuse to seize more power. This is no longer in dispute to any sane person. They haven't succeeded in crushing anything aside from their own credibility. This government has no moral authority to govern. Every step it takes further down this path of authoritarian rule only provides more evidence to many good people of our country that this needs to stop. There is now international attention and condemnation over what is happening here. Support and motivation to resist will only continue. Our resolve is infinite. Their ammunition is finite. And you know, I cannot, I cannot agree, uh, with what, um, Jeremy McKenzie said the most, or, oh, you know, uh, when it comes to Chris Barber to be an actual leader, like what, what did you, what did you think when you were getting into this? You thought that it was just going to be a cakewalk that you were going to come down to Ottawa and you were just going to get them to flip and you were going to drive home. What were you thinking? And if you're actually going to take the title of leader, then you better be willing to jump on a grenade for your fucking platoon. You don't spend one day in jail and fucking tuck tail and go home. Like, I, I'm just, I, that that to me is absolutely, it's sickening. Like, that you're, now that guy, he's gonna have to live in shame for the rest of his life. Everybody that sees him will just think coward immediately, or at least people like you and me are immediately gonna think that. Whenever you hear the name Chris Barber, you're gonna be like, pussy. like really though like we're all gonna like I just don't even know what to say about that it's it's so weird um to see someone flip like that maybe they beat the shit out of him for 24 hours straight in jail then you know if he would have come out all black and blue and with missing teeth and all busted up we'd all been like okay so they they beat the ever-living ass out of him but he but they didn't he spent one night in jail. Well, holy crap, I've done that to myself regularly in my 20s. <laughs> I've spent a lot of nights in jail. That didn't make me flip on anything, even even though most of the time I was in the wrong. <laughs> it's just, you know, you know, it's just sad to see, I guess. Really sad to see. <clears throat> now, what I want to do is um, kind of direct your focus to... Um, People on the right side of the House of Commons that have been fighting this, um, they've been pointing out the hypocrisy and uh, it's been unreal. Um, this is an MP from Alberta that really hit the nail on the head and I just want to share this couple minute clip with you guys.
2: Anyhow, uh, so question, uh, resuming debate, the honour member for Sherwood Park for Saskatchewan.
3: Madam Speaker, I guess the political left doesn't want to defund the police anymore. Uh, Speaker, this summer I was at a friend's party and I met a young couple who were in the process of making dramatic last minute changes to their wedding plans. This couple had been planning to get married in the beautiful century old Catholic church that was the heart and soul of the community of Morinville, Alberta. It was the church in which she had grown up. And yet this church had been burned to the ground a few weeks before in a likely act of arson, protest and terror. Morinville is about a 45 minute drive from where I live. And on the morning after that fire, I had driven out to see the situation. When I got there, the fire was still burning. While I watched, local fire crews had to do the painful work of knocking down parts of the structure in order to preserve public safety and avoid the risk of further spread. In addition to the threat of a burning building, there was also a gas line under the church and apartments nearby. So although no one was hurt in this attack, the additional risk of an explosion to human life was very, very significant. This violent and dangerous act in Morinville was not an isolated incident. In the summer of last year, acts of arson destroyed more than a dozen churches of various denominations with innumerable other acts of vandalism or attempted violence happening as well. The Prime Minister answered a question for media about what happened in Morinville, but did not proactively issue a single statement about this wild rampage of destruction in Western Canada. The Prime Minister's close friend and former advisor, Jerry Butts, called these acts understandable. Now, two days ago, there was an extremely violent attack on a coastal gasoline pipeline worksite in BC. The responding RCMP officers were blocked from entering this road by spiked boards, downed and tarred stumps and trees lit on fire, and then had smoke bombs and flaming sticks thrown at them. Meanwhile, additional violent protesters broke into the worksite, armed with axes and flare guns. These protesters toppled heavy machinery, cut fuel lines, and smashed and set site vehicles on fire with the workers still inside. About this incident, the public safety minister said, quote, I am deeply concerned to hear reports of violent confrontations at a work site. Now, to this minister, respectfully, this wasn't a matter of violent confrontations. This was a premeditated violent attack on working people who were just trying to do their jobs. So what is the climate in which such acts of violence against places of worship and against energy workers has come to take place here in Canada? The much-venerated David Suzuki has said that pipelines will be blown up. The current sitting Minister of the Environment in this Liberal government once attacked the home of Alberta's then-Premier Ralph Klein. He climbed on the roof of their private home as part of an activist stunt, apparently terrifying the Premier's wife, who was home alone at the time. Other members of this House, including the former leader of the Green Party, the former NDP MP who is now the Mayor of Vancouver, have been arrested for more benign acts of lawbreaking. Now, Madam Speaker, I believe in the rule of law. The rule of law means that everyone is equally bound by law and protected by law, whether they are sitting in a protest camp on Wellington Street or sitting in the federal cabinet, whether they drive a truck to work or work in the federal public service, whether they belong to a populist pro-Trump movement or a democratic socialist climate alarmist movement, such people have an obligation to follow the law and also have a right to protection by it. When the law is selectively applied to penalize people based on their political views, that is, by definition, a violation of the rule of law. So while calling out illegal blockades of critical infrastructure and other forms of lawbreaking by protesters, we must also acknowledge that the rule of law is being threatened by a government that is woefully inconsistent in the way that they treat protesters, and that that inconsistency is based on the political preferences and the biases of the people in power. And this brings the law into disrepute. At the heart of the idea of the rule of law is a contract. I will follow the law and I will have the protection of law. When people are told to follow the law, but don't have the fair and equal protection of law, then we are no longer speaking of rule of law, but of rule by law. Rule of law is where the law rules. Rule by law is where laws are used by powerful people to dominate others. So we need to appreciate the difference. When the Oka crisis, 9-11, violent G7 and G20 protests, the blockades of two years ago, a series of attacks on places of worship, and violence targeting energy workers were not cause for the use of emergency powers, and then when this hammer is used to target working people engaged in civil disobedience in response to unjustified and unscientific vaccine mandates, when this happens, what we see is that the contract at the heart of what it means to be a rule of law society seems to be framed.
1: So I should mention that that MP's name is Garnet Gen Genuous, and he's he's exactly right. Um, you don't see this behavior for any uh, what you could call left wing protests or de- uh, demonstrations, and we've seen it time and time again in this country. Uh, you know, he listed them off for you, uh, where none of the none of them um, ever they didn't even consider the Emergencies Act. Um, <clears throat> Same for this uh, coastal gas attack on the West Coast. Well, if you've you've got this act invoked, then why aren't you seizing the bank accounts of everybody that was involved in that? How come you haven't figured out who they are and how come you haven't seized their bank accounts? Um, Pierre Polivier also did a very, very good clip. It's a little bit longer, but he he, uh, points out the hypocrisy uh, in the Liberals' behavior as well.
4: Madam Speaker, there is indeed an emergency in this country. Indeed, there are a series of emergencies. There's the emergency of the family whose 14-year-old daughter has attempted suicide after two years of isolation from sports, social interaction, and other healthy activities that sustain a, a happy and heartful mind. There is the emergency of the federal public servant who for unrecognized medical reasons can't get vaccinated and is now deprived of an income and a job. There is the emergency of the trucker who was hailed as a hero while driving our goods and services across international borders, unvaccinated over two years, who suddenly was declared a public health threat and deprived of his job as well. There is the emergency of the 32-year-old still living in his mom's basement because under the pretext of COVID, government printed so much money that it now costs $836,000 for the average house. There is the emergency of the single mother trembling as she walks down the grocery aisle because she can't afford a basket of affordable goods because the government has inflated her cost of living. There is the emergency of, created by the regulatory gatekeepers who keep people in poverty by, blocking, by blockading First Nations people from the ability to develop their own resources and blockade immigrants from the ability to work in the very professions for which they are trained and qualified. Here, here. These are the emergencies we should be addressing. But instead, the Prime Minister has created a new emergency. What is his motivation? Of course, it is to divide and conquer. How did this all start? Well. Let's remember, the Prime Minister suddenly imposed a brand new vaccine mandate on the very truckers who had been free to travel across borders without a vaccine, and he did it at a time when provinces and countries around the world were removing vaccine mandates. He did it to a group of people who are by far the least likely to transmit a virus because they work and sleep all by themselves 22 hours a day. Media asked his health minister and his chief medical officer for evidence supporting the decision. Neither had any, and in fact, the medical officer said it was time to return to normalcy. So yet the Prime Minister, in spite of all of these facts, brought in this new mandate to deprive people of their living. Why? Because he knew. That it would spark in them a sense of desperation. If he could deprive them of their incomes, they would be so desperate that they would have to to rise up and protest. And then he could further demonize them and call them names and attack their motives and belittle them and dehumanize them in order to galvanize the majority against the minority. This must be the political opportunity that his deputy. Prime Minister spoke about when she described what COVID represented to this government. They have attempted to amplify and take advantage of every pain, every fear, every tragedy that has struck throughout this pandemic in order to divide one person against another and replace the people's freedom with the government's power. Now, at the beginning of the pandemic, It started immediately. The government attempted to ram through a law giving it the power to raise any tax to any level for any reason without a vote in Parliament. They tried to pass Bill C-10 to strip away free speech online. Thankfully, Conservatives blocked them for doing so. His authorities have said they want to track Canadian cell phones for the next five years. And now this, the Emergency Act, the latest and greatest example of a tax on our freedom. Ostensibly meant to stop blockades—blockades that had already ended before he even brought forward this legislation. In Alberta, Manitoba, and at the Ambassador Bridge peacefully, those blockades were ended in some cases with protesters hugging. The police officers and bringing the matters to a successful close, so that goods and services could resume. And instead, in that in that context, the prime minister brought in a law that not even Jean Chrétien brought in after 9-11 killed dozens of Canadians in a terrorist attack. Not even Prime Minister Harper brought in when a terrorist murdered a Canadian soldier at the war monument and came running into the centre block, spraying bullets in all directions. And not even this Prime Minister brought in when blockaders were standing in the way of First Nations who were attempting to build the coastal gasoline pipeline. Yep. Yet for the first time in this, bill's three decade hist- this law's three-decade history, the Prime Minister brings it in, to address what he says was a protest in front of Parliament Hill. Ironically, this power goes beyond any of the protests and, block, and or blockades the Prime Minister claims to want to address. For example, it will allow governments and banks to seize people's bank accounts and money for donating to the wrong political cause. One journalist asked the Justice Minister if small sums donated, for example, to support an end to vaccine mandates could get someone's bank account frozen. He didn't deny it. Instead, he said such people who make donations of that kind should be, quote, very worried. To freeze someone's bank account is not just an attack on their finances, but on their personal security. If your bank account is frozen, you can't buy food, you can't buy fuel, you can't pay your children's daycare fees, and you can, under this law, face that personal attack without being charged with a single solitary Crying. The Prime Minister says that this is time limited. Yet his own finance minister said she wants some of the tools to be permanent. He said it will be geographically targeted, yet his own parliamentary secretary for justice said, quote, that the act technically applies to all of Canada. So the rules apply everywhere and indefinitely. Finally, there's nothing in the act that limits the number of financial the kinds of financial actions that could lead someone to have their account frozen. And if they are frozen unjustifiably, the Act specifically bans people from suing either the bank or the government for that unjustifiable treatment, opening the door for people who have nothing to do, nothing whatsoever to do with either the blockades or protests, having their bank accounts frozen without cause. Now, the Prime Minister says that he wants to do this, to remove the blockades, blockades that have already been removed. He has, says he needs these unprecedented powers in order to restore, uh, to, to bring our country's order back to the pre protest period, although across this country that has already occurred. So Madam Chair, I say to this House that I oppose this unjustifiable power grab and as Prime Minister of Canada, I will ensure that no such abuse of power ever happens again. But I say that we should, we should end some of these blockades and we can remove all of the blockades, let us remove the mandates and restrictions that are blocking people's livelihoods today. Let us end the blockades on freedom of speech that this government is trying to erect with its online censorship bill. Let us end the regulatory blockades so builders can provide affordable homes. First Nations can develop their economies and escape poverty, and newcomers can actually work in the professions for which they were trained. Let us remove the inflationary taxes, deficits and money printing so people's wages can again buy them homes, food and fuel. Let us remove that blockade. Let us put people back in control of their lives by making Canada the freest place on earth, free to speak free to think, free to work, free to free to worship, free to own a home and build one's own destiny. Let us bind up the nation's wounds with compassion and respect and unite our country for freedom.
1: So there you have it. Pierre did a, a great roundup of everything that actually should be happening and uh, exposes the hypocrisy of uh, the fact that they brought this in uh, once the protests were already on their way out, <clears throat> so it's we all can see through it. You can see through it. Pierre can see through it. It's just a power grab. Um, everything they do is just for more power. And um, like you heard Pierre say, this is Canada wide. They might they might say, oh yeah, it's for for, for specific re- regions. But we all know that they've they've already confiscated or they've frozen the accounts of people that have given given fifty bucks to the convoy. So if they get Bill C C eleven, which C ten was, is now renamed Bill C eleven, which is the Internet censorship bill, uh, they would they would uh, then turn to people like me and they would start seizing my accounts because I speak out against them. That's exactly what if they remain in power. And now that they've got this act through. The House of Commons, don't forget it still has to get through the Senate, but we'll see. Maybe the Senate will actually prove its worth for once and reject it, but we'll see how it goes. Um, <clears throat> if it gets through the Senate, then they basically have this for pff, as long as they want. That's the truth about it. And you don't think that they're going to, to, to use it against everyday people that just speak out against the government like me or you or anybody that takes to social media and says that the liberals are fascists, which they are it's just, it's absolutely sickening, is what it is. So, um, the next next little piece of information I've got for you is from Global News, and the title reads, Watchdog Probes Toronto Mounted Police Officer, Vancouver Police Over Ottawa Incidents. This is by Simon Little, and it was written February 20th, 2022. Ontario's Civilian Police Watchdog is probing incidents involving Vancouver Police and a horse-mounted officer with the Toronto Police over incidents during uh, enforcement at the Ottawa COVID-19 mandate protests. In, media, in a media release Saturday, the Special Investigations Unit, SIU, said a 49-year-old woman had reported a serious injury following an interaction with a horse-mounted Toronto Police Service officer at Rideau Street and Mackenzie Avenue on Friday. The SIU said that the injury had not been confirmed and that it was interviewing the complainant and investigating the circumstances of the interaction. Footage of the horse unit allegedly trampling a woman went viral this weekend including a false report that the woman had died, shared by a Fox News contributor with 1.3 million Twitter followers. Well, whatever you, got, you <laughs> Every time that the mainstream media like Global does uh, screws up a story, do you find out that how many followers that person has? God the SIU stressed that the reports uh, anyone has died were false. Ottawa interim police chief Steve Bells told reporter Saturday the mounted uh, public order unit had ridden between a line of officers and what he described as increasingly aggressive protesters to create space. Whoa, Steve Bell. Whoa. We all watched the footage. We all watched the footage. We know uh, <clears throat> who was... Uh, was the increasingly aggressive um, uh, parties in that in that altercation and it was the police it was 100 the police and they were using the horse unit to just mow through the crowd and then the police would rush in it uh it was inc- it incredibly clever but at the same time I was you know I was thinking as protesters when you know this is when you know something like this is coming why don't you organize like, um, I mean, you could have just done a Roman formation with, with even shields and you could have fought this off. You could have stood your ground. But I guess uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? The second incident under investigation involving members of the Vancouver Police Department took place just before 7.20 p.m. in the area of Sparks and Bank Street, according to the SIU. Several Vancouver police officers allegedly discharged anti-weapon Enfields multiple times, according to the SIU. A, spo- a spokesperson for the watchdog just described the Enfields as a less lethal firearm that can fire a variety of projectiles, including rubber and plastic bullets. The SIU could not provide details on the circumstances under which the weapons were fired. The SIU said no injuries had been reported. However, unlike British Columbia's civilian police watchdog, the Independent Investigations Office, Ontario's SIU, is man- mandated to to investigate all firearms discharges, including less lethal weapons. Anyone who was hit by, hit by one of the projectiles is being asked to contact the SIU. Vancouver Police Chief Adam Palmer has confirmed members of the department pub, uh, department's public safety unit were deployed to Ottawa, and so sources say at least 21 officers had flown to the capital on Thursday. <clears throat> I wonder if they were some of the members that were in the group chat that were laughing and thinking it was great. But anyway, there is a bit of pushback there for for that, and um, we'll see. We'll follow. We'll follow the story, and see if they do anything about it. I I don't know. It's hard to say. Okay. Um, many of you are fully aware of the Great Reset. Um, you you know that all of this that we're witnessing now from Trudeau, this getting getting martial law basically put in place in Canada. It's all. It's all designed to bring about the great reset. You know if if the government can grasp and maintain total control of the Canadian population, Canada will be the first country under this completely. So if they get away with uh, with martial law saying it's temporary that the latest you'll see it is till the mid middle of March. Uh, I seriously doubt it. Underneath this, this there'll be legislation that'll uh, grant the Liberals powers powers like this to switch on and off whenever they want. because as you guys know, they are going they are moving into uh, their, their stages of bringing in the great great reset. Now, um, Joe Rogan was actually speaking, you know, Joe Rogan finds himself in the hot, not necessarily the hot seat, but he's always on on the cutting edge of controversial topics and I applaud him for that actually. Um, like you guys have heard me tell you before, Joe Rogan is actually a little more left of center than most of us. But um, he had a guest on the other day that actually brought up the Great Reset, and I wanna I wanna play this interaction uh, for you guys because Joe Rogan was kind of caught off guard by this, so it's it's really kind of neat. Most of you are probably well versed on the Great Reset; you know what it's all about. Um, <clears throat> Klaus Schwab actually just published another book called the the Great uh, the Great Narrative. And uh, so I am. I am currently going to be reading through that, and I should have some info on that one in the next show for you guys. But um, it basically is a step by step, just like the Great Reset on their plans, what they've got to do, so on and so forth. Anyway, let's get into this clip with Joe Rogan and his guest.
5: Oh, on his as you say. It. Our teams are now embedded in governments around the world. That's actually what they wrote. You yes. Know? And the video is two minutes. I didn't play all of it. That's what he says.
2: But what he's saying there sounds reasonable, yeah. figuring out on strategic ways to end the lockdown is. easily. No, Would that makes sense? Not the
5: end of lockdown. No, no, no. Well, no, didn't no. he say that? Yeah. Keep in mind, Tony Blair is the one who's been advocating for vaccine passports, digital identification through COVID, and all of these measures. But
2: didn't they say that about ending the lockdowns and keeping businesses? Once those measures are in place.
5: Right. So he's even in the UK, his stance has been, yeah, we're going to get out of all it, but you have to have digital ID mm. and you have to have. So, so and the, war-
2: this is going to introduce the, t- yeah, the social it. credit score system. Right.
5: So the, what, all of that came from your question, which is regardless of intention, how do people how do people do that infiltration from within? It's not just Twitter. So back to the psychological operations. It's also embedding people in government who are subscribed to this agenda. Yeah, and the agenda of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum is the same as the agenda of Tony Blair, in this regard. They call it on their own website, they call it the Great Reset. That's what they say
2: themselves. Yeah, that's a bizarre thing to do, to openly, why do you think they openly discuss it that way? And openly because the Great Reset has always been this gigantic conspiracy theory yeah, yeah. among the online folks yeah. like this is all part of the Great Reset Well, yeah. when he wrote a fucking book called the Great Reset, you're yeah. like hey, man yeah. shouldn't you be hiding this and, and and in 2017
5: at Harvard? He's saying, you know, we're gonna basically all of these world leaders will penetrate their cabinets with our young global leaders He's open. He's open Blair's open during the Iraq war Blair tried to bring in ID cards in Britain He failed now he's back and he's trying to bring in digital ID during COVID, right? So they're open about
2: it. So this is gonna be this never-ending process to slowly move the goalposts.
5: Towards more and more authoritarianism, checkpoint society.
2: It's all there, they told us this. We ha- People have hmm. to realize this, right? This is important.
1: Yeah. So you can't really see, um, I know you can hear the stun in Joe Rogan's voice, but you should see his face because it's hitting home for him. And so what are we seeing here now? You know, we've seen it, we saw it in the UK. They dropped their mandates. They went with a digital ID. They're, they're pushing or they're, you know, rushing to get a digital ID through. What did we see in Saskatchewan? Oh, yeah, we're dropping the mandates and uh, they've, they've put out bids, which probably have been filled now for a provincial digital ID system. So it's, you know, they're pulling one thing away they're, they're acting like they're saving you from the mandates when in reality, we didn't need them whatsoever. And and they're going to usher in this digital ID, which I'm sure you'll probably still have to be vaccinated to rock one. So that's the thing that people are missing here a, a lot about this is, okay, okay, so you're going to bring in a digital ID? Well, whoop-de-doo, it's going that way anyway. Well, not necessarily. I have a hunch that you're probably to get to get and maintain your digital ID you're going to have to be on the government-mandated uh, vaccine program, which they will shoot whatever they want into you whenever they want. And uh, you're going to have to continually, probably every quarter, keep getting shots uh, until eventually you uh, develop AIDS and die. <laughs> but it was just neat to see neat to see and hear uh, the reaction that Joe Rogan had when, when it uh, kind of finally came to him face-to-face. Now what I want to do next is uh, you've heard me kind of mentioning that um, uh, Trudeau, the Trudeau or Trudeau is uh, he's linked to the shots, and this is the reason why he's now found himself marooned on an island, him and his entire party, uh, still still going ahead with trying to to uh, maintain mandates and not listening to uh, the entirety of his country that is opposed to it. Well, it's because he's making money off it, and you're never going to believe who actually came forward uh, to share this information uh, with Canadians. It was Dr. Robert Malone, and I'm going to play this clip for you right now. Is, uh, in
3: Canada, quite a bit of speculation that Justin Trudeau and his family's foundation holds uh, 40% of Acuitis. Acuitis is the uh, manufacturer of the cadetic lipids that are used by Pfizer and the formulation technology. It's privately held. Uh, SO THERE there APPEARS THAT THERE MAY BE A MAJOR FINANCIAL CONFLICT OF INTEREST ON you THE PART kidding. OF uh, MR. TRUDEAU. YOU GOT TO BE uh, KIDDING ME. HOW LONG HAVE YOU KNOWN THIS, ROBERT? Um, I HAVE KNOWN THAT THERE WAS SPECULATION uh, THAT THIS MIGHT BE THE CASE. REMEMBER, I KNOW uh, um, PETER Cullis, uh THE ACADEMIC AT THE UNIVERSITY OF BRITISH COLUMBIA THAT GAVE RISE TO Acuitas, AND I'VE SPOKEN TO HIM uh, OVER TIME, INCLUDING over the last couple of years, a couple of times,
1: uh, I've done him professionally for decades. So up to 40% of Acuitous, the Trudeau foundation owns. Does it make sense now why this guy just will not let it go? And not only that, he actually, uh, he kept the, the copyrights of the, he was the one that cut the deals. It was something like a hundred billion dollars he himself made off the, uh, uh, the, uh, proprietary, uh, laws off, off the lipid nanoparticles, which Acuitous is the, is the main manufacturer for or created. So it's just, it's kind of a no brainer for him to just keep pushing forward, even though you're seeing deaths now, uh, of every age group as a direct result of these vaccines. But I guess when you're completely out of touch, Like the liberals are, you know, they just don't do not even have a a remote grasp on reality anymore. Like listening to them talk. Actually, you know what? Let's let's I know this is going to make you guys all cringe, (laughs) but maybe we should listen to this asshat for a little bit because it's just the reality isn't there for these people. It's unbelievable.
0: Bonjour tout le monde. Hello, everyone. Je suis accompagné aujourd'hui de la vice-première ministre Freeland et des ministres Lametti, Mendicino et Blair. These past weeks have been incredibly difficult for the people of our capital city. And they've been stressful and disturbing for all Canadians. The situation is not anything anyone wanted. And quite frankly, not anything we'd want to see again. Yeah,
1: because... uh Canadian unity and Canadians of every walk and culture coming together under a, basically a united banner of non-compliance. It, it was it was extremely disturbing, wasn't it? Only to you. This is what I mean. Like these people are so completely out of touch with reality that they get up in front of the world and spew complete nonsense. And they they pat each other on the back and think that they're doing good work. Like there's just no grasp on reality. Let's let's keep listening to this freaking idiot
0: après avoir consulté les provinces et les territoires, le gouvernement fédéral a invoqué la loi sur les mesures d'urgence. Mardi, le poste frontalier de Coutts en Alberta a été rouvert et mercredi, le barrage à Emerson au Manitoba a été levé. Aujourd'hui, les familles et les travailleurs d'Ottawa sont en voie de retrouver leur quartier et leur liberté. I want to take a moment to thank the law enforcement agencies from across the country who joined the operations. And I want to continue to thank them as they ensure that, among other things, Canada's border crossings remain open, including in Windsor, and that all communities are safe.
1: And, you know, they did that all. They they've could have collaborated and done it all without the Emergencies Act. The police were fully capable of doing it. <clears throat> There was no emergency act needed. But like we were saying in the show, it's just 100% a power grab. And once they get it, if it goes through the Senate, you know they're just going to interweave this this power into their day-to-day living, their life, and they will start taking people down left, right, and center.
0: We didn't want to use the emergencies act. Like, fuck act. you didn't. It's never something to turn to without serious consideration. But after weeks of dangerous and unlawful activities after weeks of people being harassed in their neighborhoods and small businesses forced to close after billions of how about two fucking years
1: of small businesses being forced to close because of fucking mandates you fucking
0: oh dollars were stalled in trade putting people's jobs and livelihoods at risk after the national war memorial was desecrated
1: flat-out lie. There's a flat-out lie for you. Like, this is what I mean. I Holy cow. I know I'm, I'm just repeating myself, but they're just completely out of touch with what
0: is reality. After evidence of increased ideologically motivated violent extremism activity across the country.
1: Uh, w- what are you referring to there, Justin Idiot? Your uh, own plants with Nazi flags and uh, Confederate flags within the crowd at Ottawa? Or did you say across the country? because there is extremists across the country, but they actually swing more left. Because every, like you heard the one MP from Alberta, Sherwood Park, Alberta, Garnet Genuous, basically telling you everything that that you'd seen that the left left has done and you guys did absolutely nothing. You actually supported it.
0: After a flood of misinformation and disinformation. It's called the
1: mainstream news that's paid off by the liberals.
0: (laughs) Washed over Canada, including from foreign sources. After these illegal blockades and occupations received...
1: Illegal blockades and occupations. You are, you have the right, you have the freedom to assembly, you have the right to protest. Illegal blockades and occupations. Always pay attention to the language.
0: Disturbing amounts of foreign funding to destabilize Canada's democracy.
1: Oh, now now the for- so you had Americans and people from all over the world that attempted to support the convoy, the freedom convoy, and now that those monies were being used to destabilize Canada. Like just listen to the, the just the absolute lies that pour out of this party, not not just him. It's every single one of them that stands in front of a podium and just pours out nothing but lies. Sickening. Okay, I'll try and let it play for longer than 30 seconds. I'm not promising
0: though. it became clear that local and provincial authorities needed more tools to restore order and keep people safe. For the past few days, parliamentarians have been debating the Emergencies Act and will be voting on it tonight. I ask all members of parliament to take action against illegal blockades and to stand up for public safety for the freedom of Canadians. Invoking the Emergencies Act has been necessary. Law enforcement agencies relied on it to set up secured areas in downtown Ottawa and at border crossings. It prevented foreign money from continuing to fund illegal blockades.
1: So, they, so you're, he's trying to tell you that the police were unable of setting up blockades to stop protesters, that he needed to pass the emergency Act. And that they interrupted, they stole American, uh, or not just American, but money shipped to Canada from all over the world. And they, they blocked it. Like, have you ever, ever witnessed the Canadian government being more tyrannical than they are right now, my friends? Nobody has. And sorry, but that's, that's the absolute most that I can listen to that globalist meat puppet. He's just so, so out of touch with reality. You, 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 I don't know how you stand in front of the world bubble wrapped like he is and, 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 try to preach to the world, your lies, you spew nothing but lies and everybody knows it. The entire world knows it. <clears throat> I don't know. I seen a, I seen a little, um, tidbit of information that they're, they're thinking, I don't know if this is true or not. I can't even verify this, but I, I have, I have heard whisperings that they're, they're thinking about putting Freeland at the helm. Um, they might pull just an idiot out of the spotlight because he's just hated they know it he, he his days are his days are numbered and uh, i should also point out uh, just to tie into the great uh, reset thing that we heard with joe rogan that trudeau and freeland and all of them are uh our world economic uh, economic forum uh, young leaders They've, they were all trained by by klaus schwab all of them uh jacinda arden um Boris Johnson, all of your leaders that are in the free, uh, so-called free world right now that are uh, getting tyrannical against their citizens. Trudeau, by far, has has outdone them all, outshone all of the other Klaus Schwab students because he has gone straight fascist and has been for long before the pandemic. Oh, I know it's, I'm preaching to the choir. You guys are fully aware of all this, but it's just... Uh, I don't know. I like I, I watched that whole press conference, and I I, I wasn't just taken aback by, by Trudeau. I was taken aback by every single one of them that stood up at that podium and spewed nothing but complete lies for forty minutes. They did and took questions and lied and dodged, and they don't answer questions even from the press, even from their selected press, because we all know they only let the sp- the specific news outlets that they fund ask them questions, and even then they dance around the questions. It's pathetic. This liberal government needs to be removed. It just it it is it has gotten to a point where they are not serving the best interests of Canadians and they are a rogue entity that is just doing nothing but com- uh, creating power for itself. It's making itself untouchable. And if we had a if we actually had an opposition that could just keep a fucking leader in place and get behind one person that doesn't flip-flop and actually isn't a liberal light person, which Pierre Polivier does seem to be stepping up. But where is the actual action from the opposition? Why aren't they demanding investigations into all this stuff? Like, they have just, they have just as much power as as the liberals, but they aren't. They're sitting on their hands, which tells you that the, they're all in on it. All of them. There could There could have been way more done to stop these mandates. But they choose not to. Anyway, my friends, before I go on a 15 minute uh, rant, I'm going to shut this one down. So like always, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook. It's Canadian Patriot Radio. Use the message button. It comes directly to me. And I should actually, uh, I should thank Ricky for sending me that, uh, that press conference with Trudeau. Thanks, Ricky. He's been sending me a lot of stuff there. So um, <clears throat> I, uh, I use that one from you, Ricky. So thanks for that. <clears throat> and yeah. Uh, <clears throat> If you prefer email, it's Canadian Patriot Radio uh, at gmail.com. And I encourage everybody to join the ongoing chat in the telegram room, which is t.me backslash CPR underscore two. And if you prefer websites, it's canadianpatriotradio.ca. So um, there's a little bit of technical issues with SoundCloud um, right now, but I should have it back on track. I'm not being censored or anything like that. It's, it's uh, more of an upload issue. That I'm uh, kind of just in talks with them. Uh, I don't know. They don't know and I don't know if it's on my side or their side, but um, I'm hoping to have it basically worked out in the next couple days um, and we should be right back on track. So therefore, this show uh, will first, first hit the airwaves probably on Spotify. Can you believe that? The, the, the platform that has actually flat out censored me completely once I actually have to fall back on and uh, use to to get the, this podcast out. But don't worry, SoundCloud will be, um, once we get this little bug worked out, we'll be back full stream on SoundCloud. So it'll all be good, my friends. As always, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Canadian Patriot Radio. <clears throat> and until next time, my friends, in all thy son's command. for joining us for another episode of canadian patriot radio cpr is not filmed before a live studio audience if you like the show friends make sure you give us a thumbs up and share us on all your social media platforms until next time take care